welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 503. I broke in and stole it. Though it hardly seemed to be stealing, since the loot was mine to begin with, and I'd already paid for the repairs. I had to climb a wall, force a window, and trip two locks. It was fairly simple stuff, but given my sleepless, wine-sodden head, I'm probably lucky I didn't fall off the roof and break my neck. But aside from a loose piece of slate that set my heart racing, things went smoothly, and I was back on my way in twenty minutes. The four mercenaries Alvaron had assembled were waiting in a tavern two miles north of Severin. We made brief introductions and left immediately, heading north on the King's Highway. My thoughts were so sluggish that I was miles north of Severin before I began to reconsider a few things. Only then did it occur to me that the mayor might have been less than completely honest in everything he had told me the night before. Was I truly the best person to lead a handful of trackers into an unfamiliar forest to kill a band of highwaymen? Did the mayor really think so much of me? No, of course not. It was flattering, but simply not true. The mayor had access to better resources than that. The truth was he probably wanted his sweet-tongued assistant out of the way now that he had the Lady Lackless well in hand. I was foolish for not realizing it sooner. So he sent me on a fool's errand to get me out from underfoot. He expected me to spend a month chasing a wild goose in the deep forest of the Eld, then come back empty-handed. The purse made better sense, too. A hundred bits would keep us provisioned for a month or so. Then, when I ran out of money, I'd be forced to return to Severin, where the mayor would cluck his tongue in disappointment and use my failure as an excuse to ignore some of the favors I'd accumulated so far. On the other hand, if I got lucky and found the bandits, all the better. It was exactly the sort of plan I'd credit to the mayor. No matter what happened, he got something he wanted. It was irritating, but I could hardly go back to Severin and confront him. Now that I'd committed myself, there was nothing to do but make the best of the situation. As I walked north, my head throbbing and my mouth gritty, I decided I would surprise the mare again. I'd hunt down his bandits. Then third time would pay for all and Mayor Alvron would be well and truly in my debt. And that's the page and the chapter. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Nick. We're all here. Hooray! There's a few things to note on this page. The first thing that I note is how simply Quoth is able to do a break and enter. And I say this not as a critique of his character, but instead to kind of show how far he's come, that he is now such a uh, an adept rogue type that he can do this basically while drunk and preoccupied with pretty much no trouble at all and the rogue comparison is apt because then there is uh, the beginning of a D adventure where they go all to the tavern and meet the various ne'er-do-wells who are going to go off and accomplish a, a task uh for the 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 johnson as they would say in Shadowrun. 
Uh, and finally, uh, the last thing on this page that kind of jumps out to me is how foolish Quoth is to think that the mayor will ever be in his debt and will ever like accept that he's in his debt. I'm not saying that, like, I don't know what the best thing to do in this situation, certainly not cut and run, but the idea that Quoth is like, all right, I'll, I'll prove myself to him again. And then he'll finally give me what I need, what I, what he owes me. Uh, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, or no, wait, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me which is where Kvothe is at now. And then fool me three times, the mayor is a villain. <laughs> yeah, I, this this part of the page jumped out to me as well because I think that it does kind of speak to Kvothe's character because on the one hand, for, or he's clever for it having occurred to him that the mayor is setting him up to fail. You can read that as Kvothe being overly paranoid because maybe the mayor's not setting him up to fail. And you can also read it as him being like, woefully naive as nick points out in that like he thinks that if he if he plays by the rules and does this one more thing then the mayor will be in his debt for good and all and i think it does speak to his peculiar combination of like cleverness but youthful naivete that he still thinks that he can like come out on top or that he can like earn the mayor's treating him as an equal but I think you're also right that there's like, there's really nothing much else he could do in this situation. Yeah, I mean, he's already out the door. There's not really another option. He could bail altogether, I suppose, but where would that really leave him? Yeah, like at the very least, he would have squandered whatever goodwill he does have with the mayor. Because like, it, if nothing else, it would look bad for the mayor to just like kick him out of court and treat him like a like an asshole. Like the the rest of court would gossip about that, right? Whereas if Quoth cuts and runs, then the mayor doesn't even have that to worry about because he can just go, yeah, this guy like abandoned me after I sent him on a mission. He must just be a coward, you know? Yeah. Also, Quoth likes adventure. That's you know what, Jordana, you're totally right. I think that on some level, Quoth <laughs> is like, this is awesome. I get to do an adventure. I get to hunt bandits. I think you said that with a a a quirk in your voice because you were joking, but I think that's very accurate. I think that a big part of this is the fact that Quoth is like, hell yeah, I'm going to do an adventure for a king. Well, I think that part of it is also just like the general where he's at in life right now, because like when you are a young person, you are ready and should be to try all sorts of new things. And this is a new thing. Like uh, like doing extrajudicial assassinations to people. I'm just saying it's something out of the ordinary for him. Uh, these are perfectly legal. He has the sanction of the mayor. <laughs> All right, fine. It's a it's a legal execution. It's very legal and very cool. <laughs> As all D and D campaigns are, it is a legal execution. I mean, he does point out that, like, this is not the sort of thing he's really cut out for. And I do think that it's worth thinking about that this is, like, among the most dangerous things Quoth has done in his young life. You know, he is he is going out to hunt dangerous criminals. You know, that's that's not quite on the same order as, like, hang around the mayor's court and get someone to fall in love with him or, you know, complete my new assignment at school or win my talent pipes. Like a lot of the other dangerous stuff that's happened to him so far has like been the result of him kind of being thrown into a circumstance he didn't expect. You know, like he doesn't expect 
Ambrose's goons to try and kill him in an alley, he doesn't expect to encounter the Dracus. But this is him full on, like, I know what the risks are, and I am undertaking, like, a dangerous mission. Well, he thinks he knows what the risks are, at least. Well, actually, I want to I speak to that. So... Obviously, we know, because we've read this book before, that he's actually going up, essentially, uh, he's going up a battalion of well-organized troops who are able to, like, fortify a position and run, like, a camp. And on this read, I am I wonder if there's something that we're supposed to be taking away that isn't entirely there, which is that this is, like, thought to be a relatively minor force. Like, if it's just three or four guys of the type that waylaid Chronicler in the beginning then I could see a troop of five, you know, seasoned mercenaries being more than able to track down and deal with a band of, you know, of just like ruffians, you know, a few ruffians or like the, the guys from the, from the green Knight. you know, if, if the bandits are just like the three Yabos from the green Knight, then like, fine, no problem. Uh, so I wonder if there's like a bit of telegraphing that doesn't come across well enough where this is thought to be a relatively minor threat and that like five mercenaries is more than sufficient to deal with them. Cause it, it seems to me on this read and it might just be clouded cause I know what's up against them, but like, it seems to me that it's like doomed to fail from the beginning. There's no way that five people could come up, could like defeat a band of bandits. And it was my impression upon my first read that it was like a band of bandits also. So like, I wonder if there's something missing in the, the translation or whatever. No, I think that we are supposed to think of it as a thing that they could accomplish. And then when they come across the bandit cap camp and it's like way more well organized than we first supposed, like that is supposed to strike us as unusual and be a clue to something else that's happening in the larger world. I am in agreement with Jeremy here. Yeah, so I wonder if there's like a bit of telegraphing that that maybe it should be clearer that, you know, banditry generally is just like a few guys who are like just deserters who are, you know, essentially just like mugging people. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't know if I agree with that because I think that when you hear bandit, unless someone tells you different, that's what you think of, right? Like a couple of guys, you know, sitting in a ditch by the road, waiting for a caravan to roll by so they can mug them. Especially when they say highwaymen. Yeah. Maybe highwaymen. I think of like Robin Hood's merry men and like a, a sizable troop or like the, the, the Duke of Dogs from uh, Gwent Thronebreaker, who is running a, a pretty well-oiled machine of banditry. So maybe it's just because like the various bandit-related content I've been absorbing has all involved large, well-organized bandit forces. I, I could have used a bit of a refresher that bandits are mostly just uh, glorified muggers. There's one other thing I want to talk about on this page before we move on to uh, the end and uh, send it over to Jordana. Uh, and that is that we gloss over the introduction in the tavern, which is something that I think a a lesser writer might have relished. But I actually think that it's extremely appropriate to not do the introductions right away because Quoth, Quoth is preoccupied. And frankly, it's more interesting to hear him tell us his impressions of his traveling companions as they go, rather than playing out the scene where they all like size up each other around the table and shake hands and say, oh, I'm I'm. Dayton, I'm a gruff, tough ruffian from the gruff, tough parts and so on and so forth. So I, I think this is the right way to do it. Not the least because as a DM, one of my least favorite things to try to hack together is the meeting in the tavern scene. Um, I'm always trying to come up with a more interesting way to bring my 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 players together. So I do not begrudge Rothfuss skipping over the meeting in the tavern 
scene. Yeah, I think we can talk about this more on future pages, but I think that you're absolutely right that that's a deliberate choice. And I think that one of the things it affords Rothfuss the ability to do, because I think we jump ahead in time like a couple of days. So Quoth already knows these people, like he's been hanging out with them for a little while. And so we get, not only do we get his, he tells us like, this is, why, this is what I first thought when I met this person. And here's what I think now, having spent time around them for a little bit of a while and got to know them. But I also completely agree with you, Nick, that literally do anything else to introduce the 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 party and like my favorite trick now as a dm is something that i i that is baked into dungeon world and now i just do it with everything is like i turn it around on the players how do you guys already know each other what's your what's your history and then i don't have to worry about it like you're already adventuring together it's fine i'm a fan of the shared disaster uh you're on the way to something else something that motivates you and uh due to circumstances you're all you happen to be in the same place when disaster falls um i like that option interesting literally anything is more interesting than you've been called together by a mysterious wizard and you meet in a tavern like literally anything (laughs) i i started a long-running campaign uh a long-running campaign that i was just in we started out we were all in prison and we had to explain like how we'd gotten into the prison and what we were doing there Ooh. And then, of course, our first adventure was escaping the prison. That makes sense. Uh, and you can escape the prison of this podcast only to return tomorrow. I was going to say, no, you can't. You are not allowed to escape the prison of this podcast until I have had my bit, sir. <laughs> and what is your bit, ma'am? It is the end of a chapter. This chapter was called Rumors, and it is referring to... Well, the word rumors is actually like on my second page. I don't know if it's the second page of Nick's book. I think but. I think it's pretty clear that what rumors is referring to is the seminal Fleetwood Mac album made while the band was uh, had just like broke everyone in the band had broken up. I think you made that joke when we read that page. Yeah, and I'm bringing it back. It's called a callback, Jordana. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think rumors means? It's just referring to the rumors they were talking about earlier in the chapter right I can't, this one this one is like a pretty like mundane like not super deep read title to me yes like all the best things uh the meaning is is clear and obvious right from the beginning and there's only one of them uh, sure <laughs> i can agree with that on this one i mean seriously for a moment here both talks about all the kind of court gossip that he's been catching up on and then the mayor tells him about rumors of bandits Quoth and the mayor talking about rumors of bandits on the road. Like, that's the connection, I think. Yeah. It's the rumors of court and the rumors of bandits. We will do more rumors on tomorrow's page. Uh, the wind. wind.